Kaylin Frank. Yes. Welcome to the John Riley Project. Thank you for having me. So we saw each other last night. Yes, we did. At the Green Valley Civic Association Poway Chamber of Commerce Candidate Forum yeah. at Painted Rock Elementary. So you're a candidate for the at-large position yes. for Poway City Council, a sitting council member right now. Mm-hmm. And um, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Feeling a little relieved that last night's over. Right. Um, that was certainly, I've never done anything quite like that. So I had mm-hmm. some nerves, had some jitters, but um, glad that glad that it went well. I feel like I got mm-hmm. um, some good feedback, which is always nice to hear. And now just continuing to move on for the next four and a half weeks or so. <laughs> right. You got a little, not that anyone's counting. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I think if you didn't have jitters, mm-hmm. that would be worse. It's, right, it, right. Because even veterans, you know, whether they're politicians or athletes or, you know, whatever, yeah. where they've got to get up in front of a crowd, it's natural they're going to be jittery. And there was a good turnout. Oh yeah, I was good. I was really happy to see that. I mean, um, I you know Poway is a very engaged city overall. I think, yes. but it's always nice to just have that. You know, we're in a school auditorium, mm-hmm. very you know city oriented, yeah. and uh, it was just, it was nice to see people out there. Saw a lot of friendly faces, which is always nice. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a it was a good time. It was it was uh, nerve wracking, but but fun. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, I was in the front row, you know, recording. Yeah. So you could see. All all the way to the back, right? So I know that historically that that uh, event will have like standing room only in the back. Was mm-hmm. it like that last night? There were people standing in the back. I don't know if it was for lack of seating mm-hmm. necessarily. I think there were still some kind of seats here and there, yeah. but it was pretty full throughout. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. it was um, definitely some people kind of coming and going in the back and yeah. um, all, the, all the candidates were there, which was really great. And... Well, they, yeah. uh, they, they do a great job promoting it. And mm-hmm. to your point, there's a lot of people in Poway that are very engaged, mm-hmm. right? And they yeah. follow, you know, the, the goings on in their city. And whenever it's election time, you know, a lot of people pay attention. Yes. And that's a good yes. thing, right? It is. It is. I mean, yeah. Poway has, I think, one of the highest voter turnouts in the county. Really? Um, which yeah. is fantastic. I think in 2016, it was... 80 something. Don't quote me on that, but yeah, but it was, high. it was really high, yeah. um, significantly higher than, than you normally see. So, um, I'm really curious to see how it'll be for a midterm election. That's always a little different than a presidential, right? but I think that there are some really big races this year and mm-hmm. hopefully people get out and, and share their voice. I think so. And I think yeah. with, I think with the districting that's going on in Poway, mm-hmm. I think that's creating a different, you know, energy, you know, cause I think yeah. different, you know, subsets of Poway or kind of have, you know, they, they finally have like, I guess the representation that maybe they never thought they had before. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the candidates, especially the ones that are running in the district um, elections are energized, you know, by yeah. the district. There's a lot of passion in yeah. this, these races, I think, which um, is great. I mean, you want people that really care. Yeah. And that's, that's nice to see because a lot of people feel very passionately about living in Poway. Right. 
So let's 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 take a uh, like a walk down like you know some of your experiences here in Poway. I know. Okay. You know you uh, I know you're a, a new parent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell us a little bit about yeah. your child and your family. Um, so I have a nine month old daughter. Her name's Clara, hmm. and uh, it's obviously our first first grandchild in the family. So she's just. Spoiled rotten. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Um, Uh Completely Mm life-changing and really the catalyst for what I'm doing in my life right now. Um, I, when we had her, we were living in a apartment in Mission Valley. Um, No sense of community, no sense of who our neighbors were. Um, It was just really... I'm, I would remember sitting there thinking, you know, we're not going to take her trick-or-treating here. We're not going <laughs> to, no. you know, um, even though she's not going to be in school for a while, we wanted to figure out where where that was going to be and where we wanted to settle our family. So uh, it was really a discussion for essentially my entire pregnancy of what do we want to do? What's our plan? Um, and we started looking around and mm-hmm. talking to um, friends that live in other parts of the county and uh, I'm from Encinitas. My husband's from San Marcos. Mm-hmm. So obviously you kind of are, are drawn back to North County. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, and I, this could spark a, a war, but I consider Poway North County. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it's North County. Yeah. Um, there, there's uh, some strong opinions out there no, there's, about there's, there's, where it falls. <laughs> there's silly Twitter chatter that, yes. that says Poway is East County. Yes. My husband always tells me that, oh, the East County, North County conversation yeah. is back on Twitter. So, um, but I, I but generally think of us as North County. I think of us as North County as well. Yeah. That it, it just feels that that's kind of where we fit. Right. Um, so we were kind of looking across the, the spectrum of North County cities mm-hmm. and just kept being drawn back to Poway. And it really has um, a, a family, community-oriented character. Oh, very much that so, yeah. you get, I think, as soon as you're here. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, I remember... The weekend we moved in, we're, you know, crazy busy unpacking boxes and everything. So we went to a taco shop to get dinner and we're sitting there kind of waiting for our food. And there were like four families in there with their kids, clearly having just come from like soccer practice. I think the kids were like soccer games. The kids were in uniforms. The parents are sitting there having a beer after, you know, their meal. The kids are running around with popsicles. And I looked at my husband. And I said, "We never saw this in Mission Valley." Oh yeah, no way, not this, in Mission Valley. I mean, it is yeah. such a different vibe. Yeah. And so from day one, it was like, "This is this is where you want to raise a family." Oh no doubt. Um, and now you know we're number one in the county for places to raise families. That's right. So yeah, I remember it, seeing that. It, yeah, uh, I picked right. I didn't even know that <laughs> that was. Uh, and Sanitas was actually ranked right below Poway. Ha. And so I've joked. I, I moved up. Yeah, there I, you go. I, uh, grew up in Encinitas and now I'm going to have my daughter grow up in Poway. One, one step up. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know, it's interesting that you say that, you know, your child is part of your motivation to run. And mm-hmm. you saw a little bit of that from the other candidates as well last mm-hmm. night, you know, where they're, they're planting roots here, you know, there's right. some, you know, and having, you know, a great place to raise a family, um, is important in this community. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like I mean, speaking for myself, my wife and I moved here before we had children because we knew it was a great place to start a family, and we mm-hmm. knew the school district was so good. Yeah. And so um, I think people have all that in mind when they come here. And then the whole culture of Poway is such that yeah, there's tremendous amount of family activity, soccer all the time, baseball, mm-hmm. softball. It's unbelievable. There's always stuff going on. Always. 
and you're going to meet so many people when you, as your child grows up mm-hmm. and then your, your child has their friends and then you meet the parents of the friends. And, I know. And it's an awesome experience. It is. I, I, um, you know, obviously I don't want her to grow faster than she is. It flies by, um, too fast anyways, but there's so much stuff that I've seen that I'm like, oh, it'll be so fun when she's able to participate in that or when she can get excited that we're going to go do that or even with Halloween coming and there's a big, you know, Halloween thing at Old Poway Park and yeah, just thinking like now she's not really going to be into it or or care, but what a fun thing to know that that's coming and next year we can take her and all of that. So I just feel like we have a lot to look forward to with raising her here. Oh, yeah. Um, because of that, that there's really, I feel like everything that happens here has families in mind. Absolutely true. Yeah, and very much so. it's really special and very different than, because it also has that small town feel. So yeah. not only is it families, but it's families that are getting to know each other and are connected and, and have this community feel that even if there are a lot of families that live in other places, they don't necessarily come together right. and help each other and, and build those networks. So I just, it everything that, I've had in my experience that I've witnessed being here confirms that, that we made the right choice for our family. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we, we hope to continue that, right? And, mm-hmm. You know, I yes. guess what, what was uh, Mayor Voss saying last night, you know, we're already the best and we want to get better. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, which is good, you know, just keep raising the yeah, bar. Yeah, we're not done yet. <laughs> no, not at all. No. So, um, Let's, uh, you know, again, a lot of this is, is great because I'm getting to know you. I think mm-hmm. a lot of the people in Poway are getting to meet you. And this is a great yeah. place to, to do that. Ta- let's talk a little bit about, you said you were raised in, uh, by your two parents and they were both deputies. Yeah. So how did that yeah. influence you? Um, so my parents were both on the deputy sheriff's department. Um, that's actually how they met. Oh, wow. Which is pretty cool. Um, they've been married for almost probably getting close to 35 years now. Uh, raised four kids together. And I think that anyone that is close to to people that are in law enforcement or in public safety, firefighters, cops, um, that there's always a strong sense of giving back and, and yeah. serving your community and and giving, I mean, really, it's a it's a selfless, you know, you you will die for your community at the at the very worst of it, that mm-hmm. the, that you will put your life on the line. Um, and so that always resonated with me um, growing up with my parents because it was kind of a no brainer that that's what you do. Right. You give back however you can. Mm-hmm. And so that really is what influenced how my career went as an adult. Um, I didn't go into law enforcement, but I really wanted to be a part of my community, be civically involved. I've voted since I was 18, I've mm-hmm. always followed those things and understood that. You know, we talk about voting being a right, but it's also a privilege. Oh, that's true, for sure. And a lot of people don't always see it that way. And we're really lucky to live in a country that that that's just the norm, that that you can vote and people don't and people don't even know, you know, when election day is or they don't really pay attention to that stuff. And they have the freedom to do that because that's the kind of country we live in. And mm-hmm. so um, I just have found it really important that wherever I'm at, I think when I studied abroad, I voted absentee and um, it's just been something that's been really important to me. So uh, that that's kind of where my parents come in. And then um, as as has been talked about a little bit, my mom was also in local politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really eye opening to me because I was, I believe, in 
like sixth grade when she first ran. Mm -hmm. Um, She had retired from the sheriff's department and been a stay-at-home mom while we were really little. Uh, And then as we, you know, got older and in school and all of that, she wanted to find something more for herself and and get involved and actually started with working on um, some school issues and getting involved with school boards and all of that. And uh, the opportunity came for her to run for city council. And she did that. Um, She was on the Encinitas Council for eight years, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And really just it it really showed me that the impact you have on people is really through local government. Oh, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned that even more when I started working in Congress and and seeing how removed D.C. is from really what's happening in people's lives. Oh, yeah. 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 It's like what's happening inside the beltway is very different than outside. Yes. So Mm -hmm. I I was lucky enough to um, have some time working in the House of Representatives and get that experience, which was great because it is important to understand how those systems work and what what impacts do happen, because we get a lot of money from the federal government and from the state government. So mm-hmm. to understand those funding streams, to understand the strings that are tied to them, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which is oftentimes very frustrating for yes. local governments. Yes, it is. Um, I'm, I'm a big advocate of local control. Yes. Give us the money, but don't tell us what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but learning that firsthand really emphasize that I want to get back to San Diego. I want to get involved in local government because that's that's what affects your day-to-day lives. The mm-hmm. roads you drive on, the parks you visit, the schools your kids attend, the neighborhoods you live in, how safe they are, mm-hmm. all of those things, that's the local level. That's not coming from DC. That's not coming from Sacramento. That's here. So right. um, that's really what where my passion has been is local government. Yeah, well, you know, you were heavily influenced by your parents. And I mm-hmm. think it's interesting, as you said, that um, you felt uh, almost a, a need or an obligation to serve, mm-hmm. right? And it's kind of similar to military families in a way, you know, where... It you is. Know, I, you know, I think there is a lot of similarities. So it's, you know, part of the family culture and and, mm-hmm. and the heritage. And um, so, yeah, I applaud that. That's good. Um, you, but you're right. I think, uh, you know, what happens in our communities is so impactful not just to us as, as individuals, but to our children, mm-hmm. because you want them to be growing up in a, you know, a, a healthy, safe, you know, uh, community where there's going to exactly. be a lot of support. Exactly. Right. So that's and good. So that's where it all comes back to my daughter. <laughs> right, right. It always <laughs> because does. Because I, I yeah. look at, you know, we're, it's a great place to live now, but we've seen that if you don't have the right leadership or the leadership doesn't have the right vision, it doesn't stay that way. I mean, it, you can't be complacent. You can't just assume, oh, because we've always been safe, we'll always be safe. It has to stay a priority. You have to make sure that you're, oh, yeah. you stay on top of it. And so that's where, you know, I saw the opportunity and felt like, well, if this, you know, this is where we've chosen to make our home, I have some experience that I think would be valuable. I think it would be helpful to the city. And so that was really um, kind of my jump into it was feeling like I have something that I could offer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure, you know, just all those, uh, those evenings around the dinner table and hearing your mom and dad speaking Mm -hmm. about (laughs) whether it was law enforcement or city council. Yeah. And and you probably heard the good, the bad and the ugly. Oh yeah. So you probably, you know, have some insight and maybe, you know, let's, let's go down that path. Like what are, 
you've been at, at, at DC, you mm-hmm. know, and I know you mm-hmm. work for one of the supervisors at the right. county. I work at the county. And then, you know, now you're, you know, have a lot of local government that you've witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that you've seen out there that you think were really innovative ideas or maybe uh, things that worked especially well that you think maybe Poway could benefit from? Well, I think that uh, one of the biggest issues that we see is our budget and that our revenues and our expenditures are getting closer and closer, that that gap is closing. Mm -hmm. That's really concerning because things like parks and good roads and top public safety take money. Yeah. And those costs don't necessarily go down when you have revenue not growing. I mean, it's not, um, and they go hand in hand. You need that revenue to, to pay for it. So I think that there are some really great examples of revitalization in neighborhoods and communities that are um, taking ownership of their city and and what that means, what the character of their city is, what that looks like. And so that can kind of take us right into the talk about Poway Road, because I think that's one of the huge things that we're going to see is the city taking ownership of that area and saying, we want to have a town center. We want to have a destination. We want to have a place that attracts residents because we don't really have anything like that. We have old Poway Park and old Poway Village. Mm -hmm. Other than that, it's kind of these, you know, sparse little commercial centers with maybe, you know, one place, like we go to Renee's a lot, the the Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm that it's in the same shopping center as a lot of the church thrift stores. Yeah. But not much else there to, to draw people and say, well, I'm going to go to dinner and then I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go have lunch and walk around or things like that. So I just, I love the idea of coming together with our vision, which is what that specific plan, it's, it's a really lengthy but very interesting document if anyone ever wants to spend the time reading it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but it really goes through kind of what the process was to get us here what area we're talking about, what kind of changes we want to see, and how we want to make sure that it stays true to the city. And that's a really key thing that I think people need to remember is that um, we're not only was this process to get to the plan a very lengthy, open, community-involved process, anyone could attend the meetings, but it continues to be that because every project still has to come before the council. It has to go through that process. And I know for myself, I would encourage any you know, business owner or property owner that's looking at doing a project in Poway, work with the community. Don't come to us and just have you know this pie in the sky idea right. and not have any mm-hmm. idea of what people feel or what people want in the neighborhood because that's that's who you're going to affect, right? Well, those are their customers, right? I mean, so exactly. you got to be able to have a an offering that's going to be, you know, compatible with the community they're going to right. serve. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think that that's a really valuable aspect of, of implementing the plan, this, you know, kind of long-term vision for that area um, is that it continues to be a, a process and it continues yeah. to, to evolve as we see what projects come forward, what projects are, are, there's interest for and what there's not, you know, we can also say no, even though you can do that here, even though it aligns with the policies set in the plan, we don't think it's right for Poway. We don't think that you mesh with our vision. 
So, you know, go back to the drawing board, try again, mm-hmm. you know, and we've seen that there, there was a, a project that came to a development conference at the council um, before I was there and council, the feedback the council gave them was not very encouraging and they dropped their option to purchase because they said, you know, we're, we're not lining up that right. what we want to do and what the, what the city needs aren't the same. So I thought that was a really great example of this continuing to be a process and continuing to include input from not just the owners of the project, but the people that will be impacted and the people that they want to to draw there. Right. Well, yeah, it has to be a cooperative process, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. if, uh, and, and I, I don't mean that from a, well, it's got to be cooperative, not just from the government or societal perspective, but a smart business owner or a smart property owner knows it has to be cooperative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Beca- because it it, the, it has to be something that's compatible with mm-hmm. the community and it's going to be a, a service to customers that will want to flock there. Right. So let's right. talk a little bit about this uh you know, the, the plan and, you know, sort of retaining the character mm-hmm. of Poway, mm-hmm. you know, share with me, like, what are some of the things in the plan that you read about that you thought were interesting that caught your attention? I think uh, one of the really big things that that's highlighted is connectivity. So mm-hmm. even though we have these, you know, separate parcels that may be separate projects, so you have, you know, the outpost, for example, and then you have um, Meridian Sudbury looking into a potential project. One of the the important things of that plan is that they work well together so that you're not building in silos. You're not mm-hmm. having, you know, one commercial center that is completely boxed in and you pull in, you park, you go there, then you pull out and you drive down and you pull into yeah. another, that, that it flows together so that you could park in, say, the outpost parking garage and walk, walk down and maybe even walk to community park because that's another aspect of the connectivity is that it doesn't just create, you know, these nicer commercial centers, but it really creates a new type of community feel where you do have that connectivity and, and they the project owners have to take into account what's already there right? and and work it in and not just plop something in because they think it'll make money or that it'll, it'll be a good, a good project. So I thought that was a really important aspect of it um, because it, it goes along with being a cohesive vision right. for the city and not just, we want to remodel the commercial centers because we don't like how they look. Yeah. Well, yeah, there has thing. to be a vision, right? Mm-hmm. There has to be almost sort of a, even if it's a mental thing, it's an artistic rendering of what, right. of what we believe this is going to be. Exactly, exactly. You know? And of course, you know, when it actually comes to life, you know, it's going to look maybe a little different than what you had in mind, mm-hmm. but but hopefully it captures a lot of the same, you know, values, you know, and, right. and some of the main principles that were thought of in the beginning. I'm, I'm really optimistic about it. Um, I think that as... You know, we've talked about the outpost kind of being a catalyst for this and setting a a tone because Mm -hmm. as that project gets built and as it becomes open and used by residents, I think other property owners will start to see that, okay, this is the direction we're going in. This is is what what Mm -hmm. we want to be. And I'm hopeful that it will kind of spread and it'll inspire people to really take pride in those properties and become, again, I always say I want to make it a destination. I want right. to make it where people 
want to go and hang out and, you know, I'd love to plan a girl's night or have date night and stay in Poway. Yeah. Oh, wow. Imagine that. And it's, it's really hard to do (laughs) that, right? Sometimes it is. It's, uh, we, we aren't, um, known for that type of stuff. And so I just think it would be lovely to have those options for people. And, but I think to your point, I think, yeah, the outpost is a catalyst and, and, you know, Generally speaking, I think everyone agrees that Poway Road needs to be revitalized in some form, right? Mm-hmm. If and you don't, tell me why, because I don't think you can drive down that road and say, we're done. Well, yeah, clearly. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a hodgepodge of randomness. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it was before the city was incorporated. Right. So there right. was no plan. Um, but even the, the largest critics of the Poway Road corridor revitalization plan they even agree that it needs something, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If nothing else, a fresh coat of paint, you know. Right. So right. Um, the thing that I, I find intriguing about the the, um, uh, the outpost project, besides you know the, the, the what is it the, the is it a beer garden that's there? Did you say it's or like it's a, a ga- food hall? So it's uh, it's with the the same. Um, I think it's called Three Brothers. They do urge. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, gastropub. Yeah, yeah. So it's their their business and they want to bring in kind of this food hall, which, you know, another aspect of the this specific plan is kind of these public gathering places, these open plaza type areas where you're not just going into a restaurant or into a store. There's there's places where you can hang out and enjoy your cup of coffee outside or, yeah. you know, have have brunch with a friend and kind of have that environment Mm -hmm. um, that still keeps it, I hope, to still have that small town feel. And I think that's really the the goal is that they're not mutually exclusive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think, you know, you'll see that in other communities, you know, Mm -hmm. and either they're big cities or medium or small cities where, um, yeah, that there's there's a there's a whole series of businesses, but there are these open plazas where people are you know, grabbing a cup of coffee or like a sandwich to go and there's a park bench and they're just enjoying the day. Exactly. And meanwhile, there's like kids buzzing around on Mm -hmm. bikes or, or, you know, there's just other activity. And especially if you have the connectivity to like community park, for example, I mean, that's a great, hey, take your kids, they can ride their bike, then ride your bike over to have a cup of coffee, get some breakfast, go back. I mean, there's a lot of really fun ways that this could be used. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, this project's important because- for a lot of people, there's still this sort of fear, uncertainty, doubt, you know, because mm-hmm. the Poway plan, Poway Road Corridor plan is, you know, right now just on paper, right? And yes. well, you know, there's they've broken ground, but we mm-hmm. haven't really started to see it yet. Right. But once the outpost is up and running, then people, I think, will get a better understanding of what this really means. I hope so. I and, hope so. And then to your point, I think it'll spread, mm-hmm. right? And then I think some of the you know, some of the concerns I think from others will begin to melt away. And if, you know, I'll just take a worst case scenario for some <laughs> reason that it, that it turns out that it's completely the opposite of what the community wants. Right. Uh, I, we'll hear about it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think I'm really anxious to hear feedback from people once Outpost is completed, up and running, and they start to see what it looks like yeah. and what that means and, and um, how their lives are changed or impacted or benefited from it. And I, I really think that we'll get a lot of good feedback from that. I mean, 
Poway residents are not afraid of sharing how they feel, no, which is no, fantastic. <laughs> so it's uh, it's pretty easy to get a, a tap on the pulse. And so I think that'll be a really good opportunity to, to start saying, okay, this this is the vision. So what what's the think? timetable on this? Do you know? It really, it all depends on kind of who's interested in what kind of projects we get proposed. No, no, for the outpost. Oh, for the outpost. What, what's the schedule um, on that? I mean, I think like by mid next year, I don't know the, the for sure. I wasn't a part of the um, approval process. Right. So it's not fresh in my mind, but... Um, soon. I mean, I think they're pretty driven to, to get it up and going. Um, well, every time I've driven by, I, I think there's a fence around it, mm-hmm, right? So you can't mm-hmm. really see in as well. Right. But I'd imagine it's like any one of the projects where they're doing all the underground infrastructure. Well, they have to do the, the parking garage. Oh, that's right. So that's, that, that's going to be, I think as soon as that's completed, you'll really start to see some progress. Oh, then we'll start um, seeing Because it it'll up. start going up. Yeah. Right. Not too high though, but. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, good. Yeah, so that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it'll be really great. You know, because my, my wife and I are, you know, on like a Friday night, like, where do you want to go? You know, let's go out and get something. And we have to go to the Brigantine every once in a while, or we'll go to some places in RB. And yeah, nice to have something new, you know? Yep. Nice to have something new, mm-hmm. nice to have options, something that, you know, is, is in your city. I mean, I think it's great to love where you live and have pride for that. And part of that means enjoying when you get to socialize there and go yeah. out and, yeah, and things yeah. like that. And so I always hate when it's like, where do you want to go? We want to go, you know, to a nice date night kind of place. Yeah. And it's the same places that we've been to. So we want to try something new. We end up leaving Poway and you don't have a lot of those, you know, new experiences mm-hmm. or places bringing in, you know, acoustic music for the evening or things yeah. like that, that yeah. I think will really um, bring more of an atmosphere yeah. to the area. I agree. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a good pro- a project for the city and, you know, kind of this natural evolution because, mm-hmm. you know, we moved here in 96 and even back then they were talking about the Pla- Poway Road plan and right, the, or the right. fact that there it's, wasn't a plan. It's been a long time coming, I think. <laughs> yeah, so you, yeah. So you're getting involved at just the right time. So yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about a few other issues here in Poway. Um, okay. One topic that has come up with a lot of the other people that have visited the podcast mm-hmm. is the Stone Ridge Project. Mm-hmm. And Oh, wait, but you're not allowed to speak on that. John Mullen uh, warned me on yeah. that Yeah, well, I mean, in all honesty, any even any candidate that speaks about it, if they were to be elected, that, that could become an issue. I mean, I, I think people sometimes don't realize that, that they all these projects are entitled to a fair hearing without having preconceived decisions or preconceived notions. Um, All I would say is I think we're at a point where, I mean, it can't stay the way it is. Right. So what that looks like, Mm -hmm. what it becomes, what project that is, all of that um, is still kind of up in the air and and yet to be determined. But I think that, you know, I'm glad that there's interest to do something with it. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, they got to they have to do something. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a game of chicken right now. So uh, it is. It's it's you know, twenty twenty <laughs> could be really interesting. Yeah. Um. There's there's a couple couple things that are being thrown around and talked about. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what what gets put together. You said earlier that you studied abroad. Mm-hmm. Where where did you go? I studied in Florence, Italy. Oh, really? Yeah. My daughter was in Florence, Italy uh, la- uh, two summers ago. Oh, it's the best Italian city, possibly the best oh, European city. Unbelievable. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I lived there for four months. Mm-hmm. 
uh, lived with a host family and, mm-hmm. and really the, the full immersion. Uh, it's really unfortunate we don't have more Italian speakers around because when I came back, I was virtually fluent. Yeah. And then you just don't get to use it. So every once in a while, a word, you know, comes to me and I think, (laughs) oh, yes, that's the Italian word for backpack or whatever. (laughs) Um, But it it was an amazing experience. Amazing. And um, I would love to see some some values that that are really um, intrinsic in European cities here. Um, Certainly the community aspect is really important. The sitting with your friend and having a cup of coffee for three hours and just catching up and no one bothers you. No one is trying to rush anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those things um, I thought were really, really nice to experience. And I try to remember that when I go out to dinner and I, you know, I think let's just sit here. You know, we're not, we're going to tell the waiter, don't, don't bother us. Mm-hmm. We'll just have a bottle of wine, talk, enjoy. Um, those are very Italian oh, yeah, yeah. values that, that I think are, are great and, and more people should try to kind of live with those um, and very much the the community, family oriented, a lot of um, really a lot of care for older generations, mm-hmm. which I think sometimes we just in our country as a whole kind of lack. We don't we mm-hmm. don't always value that not only, you know, are our parents becoming older and, and need more help, maybe, but we're going to be there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we need we need yeah. to, to make sure that, that we're there for them and that we think about that. We do, you know, there's a lot, if you put kids or animals on anything, people care about it, they want to help. Mm -hmm. It's not always that way with seniors. And so Mm -hmm. that's something that um, I think some other countries we could probably maybe learn from. Oh, yeah. Um, Well, you know, it's funny, it's like uh, Brian Edmondson was here, you know, mm -hmm. and he talked about his two years in uh, Sevilla in in Spain. And, you know, the things that he learned, Mm -hmm. and and he, he spoke about how the community there was everything was in walking distance. Every once in a while, he had to take public transportation. Right, he right. never used his car. Yeah, yeah. You know, so he would walk to the restaurant, walk to the grocery know, store, walk to the park. I didn't drive for four months, and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> so if we really want Italian in in, mm-hmm. uh, in Poway, we need gelato, okay? Right. <laughs> like authentic, yeah. true gelato. Yeah, the real deal. With authentic, true Italian food. Yes. Wouldn't that I be would, something? I would be all about that. Yeah. I, I was there with uh, last summer with my daughter, and we we had it's, gelato every day. Oh, it's amazing! Yeah, it's so good. It's and it's so different. It's it's not you know it's not ice cream. The flavors are yeah. different. The yeah. way they do all of that stuff. I mean, even the little spoon you eat it with is yeah. different. Yeah. Um, yes, I, I had my fair share of gelato. <laughs> so back when you were studying abroad, this is during mm-hmm. your college times. Mm-hmm. So where did you go to school? I went to the University of San Diego. Oh, great. Um, I got my bachelor's in political science. And actually to study in, in Italy, I minored in art history. Oh, so perfect. So that I could, yeah, that was the the right program for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I did. I graduated in 2008 and was very lucky to be able to get a job because there were, well, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a tough, yeah. a tough time for college grads. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really why my husband went to law school is... You know, he graduated and it was like, well, there's not a lot out. Maybe no. I'll just go back to school. And then by the time I finish, you know, it'll be better. And that isn't quite the case, but it worked out for him. So, <laughs> yeah, well, good. I'm glad um, it did yeah, work out yeah. for both of you. But that was a brutal time. Yeah, I just remember. It was. Yeah. It was. It was tough. Um, I, yeah, I was lucky enough. I, 
in college, I interned on campaigns and was involved. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what led me to working in the U.S. House of Representatives. And that's ultimately how I got my job at the county, because the a lot of that those circles are, are kind of small and you end up, you know, somebody knows someone oh, and yeah. can give you a reference or yeah. that's how I didn't even know there was a job opening. Mm -hmm. And someone told me that, oh, they're hiring at the county. This might be a good fit for you. It's a really good entry level job. Um, and so I was lucky enough to be able to get my foot in the door having worked on, you know, some campaigns and having mutual references. Yeah. Um, and got got out of there. I was I was lucky. I was one of the the few of my friends that had a good solid job right out of college. Good for you. I mean, yeah, that that was a tough time, but uh It was. But it is all about networking, right? It is. And Relationships it, are key in everything. And, and campaigning. Mhm. Mm you know, they're mm -hmm. key. So when you were in D.C., um, you were an intern for a congressman? Right. So who were you interning with? I was an intern for Brian Bilbray. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so and he actually, it was a kind of a fun, crazy time because he he was in Congress in the 90s, mm -hmm. uh, representing kind of South Bay. He's an Imperial Beach guy. Mm -hmm. um, and then he had moved up to Carlsbad. And the whole Duke Cunningham thing happened, which I oh, don't know yeah. if you're familiar. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it created this vacancy, this empty seat mm -hmm. in a very strong Republican district. Mm -hmm. And the seat hadn't been empty in, I mean, I don't, I don't even know, I year, decades. Well, yeah. Decades. Yeah, because I mean, Cunningham was, had it forever. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he mm -hmm. was one of the, the top guys in, in D.C. Yeah. Um, so he threw his hat in the ring, and I think there were like— 17 other Republicans on the ballot. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And, and it was a special election. So it was crazy. And that was my first campaign. Oh, wow. Baptism yeah. by fire, yes. right? So we mm -hmm. were just trying to get out there, knock on doors, call people, have events, just get, you know, get the message out there. Um, so I learned a lot. I helped organize student interns and, and coordinate precinct walking and all of that. So it was nice to have, you know, it was fun to have a little bit of a leadership position because um, I was one of the, the first people that said, hey, I, I want to work on this campaign. I think I like nice. what you're saying. I like I like what you're talking about because he's a very he's very moderate. He's, and, the, he's the surfer guy, isn't he? He's the surfer, yeah. yeah. He was part of, um, I, I don't know if they still exist, but there was actually like a surfer caucus. Oh, perfect. I um, like that. Which, yeah, like for most people that maybe don't know, there's all these caucuses in D.C. where mm -hmm. essentially you have, you know, like interests. Yeah. And, and they don't necessarily do anything, but... Um, that, you know, but you'll have, you know, like the Latino caucus or some of the other kind the of Liberty caucus. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they created like the mm -hmm. surf caucus. Oh, and, that's so cool. and it was uh, <laughs> Brian Bilbray. There was a Congress member from Orange County in it. Um, and so they they had their own style. And, and I think as a result, you know, he was kind of a laid back guy and was like, let's just talk about the issues. Let's let's go through them rationally, reasonably. Yeah. And so that really resonated with me because I was looking more at him as a person and not necessarily yeah. the party. Mm -hmm. And which is another reason why I really favor local government is that that DC, I mean, it's all about the parties. Oh yeah. And that's, yeah, that's really frustrating yeah, for absolutely. someone that, you know, I think a lot of people, especially today, don't feel like they fit into one box or the other. Right. And it really mm -hmm. does become about the person, which mm -hmm. I think is really great because it that's that's who you're voting for. You're not voting for a party. You're voting for a person. And so you should be considering that. Um, and that was really what drew me to, to working for Brian. And um, 
you know, lucky enough that he won. (laughs) And uh, because I'd been there for so long, I kind of said, you know, I there's this idea that if you're a political science major, you move to D.C. when you graduate. Right. Because, you know, if you're an actor, you move to L.A. Right. Poli sci, you go to D.C. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to test it out. That's a really big move for me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm San Diego through and through. Mm-hmm. My family's here. I didn't even leave for college. I liked being in San Diego, yeah. close to my family. Um, so I went out there and did um, some really cool stuff and really got to experience that life. I lived with, I think, four other women that work on the Hill um, in you know different offices and got to attend committee hearings, got to see um, votes on the floor, got to get really familiar with the Capitol, which is really cool. I actually gave tours to people. Wow. And so you get to go. I learned all the fun trivia about things and um, the I don't know. If, have you ever been to the U.S. Capitol? Yeah. yeah. It, it's a really cool building and there's some mm-hmm. really fun history. Like there's still um, bullet holes from the War of 1812. And I'm thinking of that Nicolas Cage movie. Uh, oh, where he steals the Constitution. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there are all these like little crazy stories and yeah. trivia. And, and it's not it's fun to watch that movie having yeah. having been there because Mm -hmm. it's not all crazy. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's some pretty fascinating history. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the Freemason influence is true. I mean, there, a lot of our leaders were Masons and, um, you look at kind of the layout of the city and, and it's, it has some masonry in, in, uh, influences in it of even how they laid out the streets. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. um, only in D.C. would you have not only a grid, but then they throw s- streets in s- diagonal, which is so confusing. But um, <laughs> but th- so there's really interesting elements. But um, so, yeah, I got to do that and, and meet a lot of really cool people because you can actually I would encourage anyone that's ever going to D.C., reach out to your congressman before you go because they can help you coordinate tours and make appointments for you and kind of tell you um, what you should see and what you shouldn't bother with and right. all of that. So I met a lot of families that were out there um, and got to kind of hear about them and their stories and what brought them to D.C. And then I got to walk around the U.S. Capitol every day, which is really cool. I That's mean, you, so never awesome. kn- you never knew who you were going to see. I mean, yeah. a lot of I see now on CNN and things when members are doing press, they sit in like there's kind of this rotunda in some of the congressional buildings. So you have congressional buildings that um, have all the offices and then you have the Capitol. And so they'll just be sitting, you'll just see, you know, the Speaker of the House doing stuff or, you know, the majority leaders having interviews or these rising stars. And um, I actually, I befriended um, somebody that worked in, it was Nancy Pelosi at the time was the Speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. And I actually befriended somebody that worked for her and got to go on the Speaker's balcony, which has a gorgeous view out onto the mall, the National Mall. You have the Washington Monument right there. It's, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's probably, I think it's better than the White House. The Speaker's house, the Speaker's office is Really? Incredible. I, I, I was unaware that this even existed. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. So um, that, that just those things that I'm like, wow, this this is really cool. There's a lot of people that don't even know this exists, let mm-hmm. alone be able to come out here, see it, experience that. So this is right after you graduated in 08. This is right before. Right before. So, so this is before. I was trying to figure out, am I going to graduate and go to D.C. Uh-huh. or am I going to stay here? And so I did kind of a test run. Ah, and um, really learned a lot, got mm-hmm. 
very familiar. A lot of the big issues at that time were related to immigration. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those were kind of some of the hot button issues. And the biggest thing that I took away was this was a really cool experience, but this is not what I want 24 seven. Oh, because yeah. Because it never ends. <laughs> it never ends. Right. I, I like work life balance. And, you know, I have my friends that are really into politics and into government and love talking about it. And I have my friends that are like, I'm not interested. Mm -hmm. You can tell me to vote and I probably won't. I just, you know, I don't care. And that's fine. People have, you know, all their their freedoms to do that. But it's nice sometimes to take a break from talking about that and talk about some, you know, other stuff or mom stuff or trashy reality TV or (laughs) whatever it is. Right. Um. But in D.C., I mean, the first you meet someone and the first things out of their mouth are, who do you work for? And you just think, well, that doesn't, you know, that's not my identity. Right, because they're trying to pigeonhole you, right? Exactly, exactly. And then they spend the rest, you spend the rest of the night talking about whatever happened on Capitol Hill that day. Well, that's the trashy reality TV. It is, I know. Well, now, (laughs) gosh, it's like, it's crazy town, I think. Well, how it's, was it it's, being there in an 08? That, that was like, you know, during a presidential election year. So it must have been pretty interesting. It was. I was there. So I graduated in 08. So I was there in 07. Oh, OK. Excuse um, me. So it was still it wasn't the the Obama hadn't that wave hadn't come. Um, right. But the mm-hmm. Democrats controlled the House. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to see a lot of kind of what you um, are dealing with when you're in the minority. Uh-huh. When it's even harder to get anything done. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. even harder to. Um, but it also really taught me, you know, Brian was really big about these kind of bilateral coalitions and having, you know, across the aisle mm-hmm. um, legislation and, and all of that. And I thought that was really important because it you have to work together. And, and most good government is usually a compromise. You're usually coming, you know, you have people that are on either side mm-hmm. and you have to come together and think, well, really what's best for everyone? How do, right. how do we right. make this work? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's kind of going away in D.C., which is really sad yeah, to well, see. Um, I think I, I saw something recently that, you know, the country's never been more isolated. People are clinging so hard to these sides that um, it I think it's making it virtually impossible to really get good things done because people can't see through the trees, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank goodness we don't have that here locally, right? Right. And, mean, that, we, and that goes back to kind of the importance of relationships. Yeah. And having those. And, and that's mm-hmm. where um, I think that one of the things I, I offer that I, I bring with me is relationships because I've worked in the county for over a decade now. And it's... it. Once you've been here for a while, you realize that it's kind of a small world yeah. and, and you you don't realize that, oh, yeah, I, you know, I worked with so and so on this. And now five years later, they're doing this and small world where we now have, you know, another issue that we want to work on together or talk about or um, because as much as Poway is kind of a little bubble, we can't act like it all the time. We have to remember that yeah. that we have a place regionally and there's things that go on regionally that affect Poway. And if we don't have our voice being heard, if we don't have our representation there, um, it, it really, we lose out on opportunities. That would oh. be really great for the city. So mm-hmm. um, it's nice when you have those relationships and you can just pick up the phone and call someone yeah, yeah. and you're not kind of cold calling Yeah. Uh, that, that I, I've kind of work to cultivate over the years. That's and, important. And it's, um, I hope will make me a better advocate for Poway, make me a better representative mm-hmm. because not only am I, you know, my number one priority will always be Poway's interests, but I see how we fit into the region. 
mm-hmm. and what what that means and how we can get there. So um, I know John Mullen talked a little bit about some of the regional boards yeah. that council members serve on, mm-hmm. and those are really important. They are often kind of the the not talked about aspect of the job, mm-hmm. but when you're talking about things like MTS and Sandag that have true impacts to our city, it's really important that we know what's going on there, that we have our voice heard. Um, especially at a place like Sandag where, you know, Sacramento is constantly trying to kind of water down some of the smaller cities and give a lot more power to the city of San Diego. Mm-hmm. We have 18 cities, you know, San Diego is only one of them. Right. And so it's really important that we continue to, to really be an advocate for that. And uh, the mayor being vice chair is a really kind of a, a boon for Poway because we're, we're not one of the bigger cities and to have our leadership get to be leadership there as well is kind of gravy um, because we we really will be represented well. We will be heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, at the very least, he can call attention to things that maybe because they're North County issues, they don't always get talked about. Right. And I think that's a consistent fight that we have um, as some of the North County cities is really being heard at that level. Mm-hmm. And and I learned a lot about that with uh, working for the county supervisor because he represents a lot of the 78 corridor, mm-hmm. which has a lot of struggles. I mean, the 78 oh, yeah. is yeah. a pretty miserable freeway. Oh, that oh you know, 78 five interchange, pretty miserable. The, the 1556, I mean, those things, we need to call attention to them because you know the city of San Diego is not going to care about it. Right. And so uh, it's it's really great that we have those opportunities to to kind of highlight those and say, wait, 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 let, let, okay, yeah, that's great that you want to do these public transportation projects, but we also need to talk about the freeway. We need to talk about traffic in North County. We mm-hmm. need to talk about this. So um, I think it's, it's, I understand those things and really have a familiarity with them, which I hope makes me more effective and a better council member. Yeah. Well, it's, again, relationships, right? I, I, it is. I mean, that, that's that, the, the core of most things, right? Right. Because you got to work with other people mm-hmm. to kind of craft deals that are going to be win-wins, right? Absolutely. So you've been at the, with the county for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So he's, and it's, is it Supervisor Horn? Yes. That you, yes. That you uh, work on his team? Yes. Um, so just walk us through those 10 years. What are some of the... Maybe some interesting stories or experiences that you've had, <laughs> probably a lot of them. Um, well, I've, I, so I'm the senior policy advisor. I handle uh, public safety policy, which the county has the district attorney. We have the sheriff's department. We have probation, um, a lot of regional aspects. Um, and so I've been the, the key person on that, as well as health and human services, which is the largest chunk of the county's budget because we implement all um, entitlement programs, all benefits, um, really working with some of the neediest in our county that Mm -hmm. um, really need kind of that extra leg up, that that support, um, even through like drug and alcohol services and homelessness, um, a lot of those things. And so uh, it's really been, it's been very eye-opening because I think I'm, I'm very aware of what, issues are happening in San Diego. And I kind of look at it as, okay, I know that homelessness is a really big issue in the city of San Diego, right? They've mm-hmm. been dealing with that a lot. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really made its way to Poway, but I think it's something to stay vigilant about and make sure that we're looking at opportunities for things like affordable housing and how yeah. do we be a good partner in that, mm-hmm. um, incentivizing that you know responsible growth. And, and because 
there's always going to be kind of a, a crossover that that some things um, come come into our city that maybe didn't originate here. Um, gangs are another thing that I've worked a lot with the supervisor on. Uh, the 78 corridor has a really unique gang problem. Mm-hmm. They have generational gangs, which is different than a lot of, of areas that deal with gang problems because it's much harder to get someone out of a gang when their grandpa and their dad and their uncle and their brother yeah, yeah, have I'll all bet. been in that gang. I'll I bet. mean, it's yeah. it's a lot harder to, to kind of get those kids out. But we've done some really great things to, to try to help them. Um, one of the things that the supervisor did that I was really proud to work on and I thought has one of those immediate life-changing effects is a tattoo removal program. Oh, really? Oh, cool. So, um, cause you have the, you know, these kids that they get into a gang at 10, 11, 12 years old, they start getting tatted up and statistics show that generally, unless you become kind of one of the head honchos or, you know, you end up in prison, you kind of age out of the gang life, mm-hmm. um, around early mid twenties, mm-hmm. start having kids, yeah. start kind of living a, a different lifestyle and you start to realize that these face and neck tattoos are, are really hindering your your yeah. growth and, and yeah. hindering your employment opportunities and, and hindering really um, being able to be a, a productive member of society. And so something like a tattoo removal that's free of charge, people apply through a nonprofit in North County and they're they're kind of screened to make sure that they really have changed their life, that they're not, you know, still committing crimes or on active probation or things like that. But, um, we, you know, we have a doctor that donates his time to operate the machine and these people get to go through it and, and really get those, um, those tattoos that put them in a box yeah, yeah. removed. That's awesome. And, and it's really incredible. And so, um, you know, opportunities like that, I think are maybe not, you know, the exact same thing is needed in Poway, right? Yeah. But to look at what what is needed to really help people bridge a gap. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, so that's one of the things that I've really learned is, is looking at, you know, it sounds like a small thing, like, oh, you're just removing their tattoos. Are you helping them get a job? Are you finding them housing? Are you helping them, you know, get things expunged? No, but there are those resources, and this is still a really huge first step. Absolutely. So yeah. sometimes just looking at what's accomplishable and, and how you get there really helps um, when you're talking about what does the city need or how do we what what will be successful? What can we implement? Um, you, you gotta you want to look at things that are reachable and mm-hmm. achievable. It is achievable. That's a that's a good program. I didn't know it existed. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how you said that. You know, the gang is gangs are multi generational, mm-hmm. and then we 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 started off our conversation about the multi generational, you know, right. local government service aspect. Yeah, so, I know my parents were maybe arresting the grandparents and parents <laughs> of the kids that I'm trying to get out of gangs. <laughs> that's funny how that works. Mm-hmm. But yeah, our, our, the influence of our parents is so important, which makes. It you know, is. The family life in Poway so important. Uh, but I want to go back to the topic that you brought up is about homelessness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are homeless folks here in Poway. There are. We see them. There are. And so um, what are some of the things that the city is doing or could be doing to help them out? I think um, one of the biggest things is we so we have our. Um, some of the work that I've done and, and I want to kind of tap in and see if this is possible in Poway or what what they think. But um, having our so our law enforcement is often the most con- in contact with homeless. 
right? Right, that makes sense. So ensuring that our officers have the knowledge and the tools that when they do encounter someone who, yes, that, you know, they're maybe causing a disturbance or they're drunk in public or whatever it was that that created that law enforcement contact, if they can go beyond simply, you know, the option is either we leave them and write them a ticket or we arrest them. I mean, there are a lot more options mm-hmm. to offer people. So mm-hmm. what I would love is to make sure that they that they know about these because it, you know, in our whole county, we may not have a program that they can enter into in Poway, but we have them in the county. And so that's, again, where kind of that regional perspective is really important right, because right. that's one of the things that the county has been focusing on is addressing homelessness and especially addressing it in populations like veterans, seriously mentally ill, people with substance abuse disorders, um, and our seniors. Mm-hmm. And so when you know that those exist, that's half the battle. Yeah, it is. And so I would love to to really make sure that that our law enforcement and the folks that are coming in direct contact, especially on a regular basis. I mean, I you know, most of the law enforcement people that I talk to say, you know, we know that person. We we you know, they they frequent yeah. this corner, they frequently do this, this yeah. is some of their issues and and so if they've almost already built a relationship now, right? Yeah, because sure. they're they're interacting with them so much. So then if they could go to them and say, "Hey, there's this program you could get in, you know, you, you maybe have to be willing to look for employment or, you know, whatever the the standards of that program or that living facility are, but they can start to have that conversation. And maybe not the first time, maybe not the fifth time, but eventually maybe that person will say, hey, remember you talked to me about, mm-hmm. you know, that option? Is it still available? You know, I, I'm I'm sick of this. This Good. this isn't you know how I want my life to be or Good. whatever. So, um, we I think we've seen that in in other areas of the county. At least I have through through my work, and I think that's a really important step because that we know that they're going to be contacted by law enforcement. We yeah. know that there's going to be that relationship. So if we can provide our officers with the tools to go beyond simply citing them or arresting them, um, I think that really can be impactful. It can be. I think you're right because there's there there are so many resources that exist. Whether mm-hmm. they're you know public resources or they're right. you know charitable resources exactly. or just you know good people that you know want to reach out and help on their mm-hmm. own. Mm-hmm. Um, there's those resources exist. Uh, in some cases, they're bending over backwards to help folks, but right. people aren't aware, right? Especially. If you're struggling in homelessness, I right. mean, you're not, you know, doing a Google search, you know, you're, you're struggling. Yep. So it's good to have a person that can connect the dots, right? Right. You know, right. and that can network and so, build the relationships yes. and yes. connect people. They, I've worked a little bit with Oceanside, kind of established this homeless outreach team with these police officers. And they, they even will bring in, you know, social service workers or case managers to even um, augment that team and really be able to go out and say, look, here are all the options you have. Do any of these sound good? We can't force people to change their lives. We can't force people to not live on the street or not make the choices that they're making, but we can always offer those those choices. And so um, I think that, you know, if you can reach out to 20 people and you get three of them to take you up on the offer, that's a success. Yeah, that's That's huge. That's three more people that are, you know, bettering their lives and, and have a roof over their head and all of that. So that's really, to me, that's one of the, the key aspects of that is, 
where are they where do we know that they're already being contacted so that we don't have to create additional resources to go find them we know that this contact is happening so let's make it worthwhile let's make it a valuable contact yeah that makes sense let's shift gears a minute um okay okay so uh (laughs) you know i I think i just want to get to know you more you know personally Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. Um, and I know you just had a child, and and, I did. That, and that is, at least speaking for myself, the most, you know, life changing moment. It rocks your world, no, no doubt, and, <laughs> and in good ways, but yes, everything yes. changes. Oh yeah. So, just share with me a little bit, maybe you know, today, and even going back a few years, what do you like to do when you're not talking government stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I love being a mom. Mm-hmm. That that really is certainly consuming my life right now. She's mm-hmm. um, at a really fun age. Oh yeah. Nine months is they're just making these leaps and bounds mm-hmm. and becoming little people with their own personalities, mm-hmm. and it's really fun to watch. Um, my my husband's a great partner in that, so mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't be able to be doing this without him. I mean, he steps up. I mean, dad all the way, so engaged, so active. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, so that's really kind of life consuming for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm you're probably your pretty typical millennial. <laughs> I'm an old millennial though. I want to I want to clarify this. Okay. I, so there I what's feel the like, range? Yeah. What's right. That? Right. The know. range is kind of big. So I was born in '85, and I think a millennial is considered all the way to like '80 or something. But then all the way up until the '90s. Yeah. So I didn't grow up like like I have a little brother who was born in '90. Like he's a different kind of millennial than me. Okay. But, okay. Um. You know, I, I love country concerts, country music. That's mm-hmm. one of my, I'm trying to get my husband to go to one um, in November for his birthday. <laughs> okay, good. Are you going to show up for a council meeting in a cowboy hat? Uh, I'm not a hat person. That, <laughs> that's the one thing. You. I know. I yeah. love cowboy boots, but okay. my hats, I, that's Steve's thing. I okay. can't, I can't take, I can't take that away from him. Okay. He's, he's the, I call him the most recognizable mayor in the county. Because oh yeah, hands down. It's just, you spot him a mile away. Um, but I love that. I'm a kind of a bookworm. I read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, any anything I can get my hands on. Love hanging out with my friends. Um, really close with my family. I mm-hmm. do a lot with my family. My parents are very involved. They're very involved grandparents, which is fantastic. That's huge. Yeah. Um, I feel very blessed to have them local because I have friends that don't, you know, moved here and don't have any family. And I just think that you know, all the times I've kind of taken for granted their help. Yeah. Especially when we first brought her home from the hospital and you're in that like craziness (laughs) and you're like, wait, I haven't even eaten today. What day is it? And all of that. Is it day or night? Mm -hmm. Um, To have my mom there really, you know, making sure like, okay, you need to eat. I'll take the baby. You, you take a break, all of that. Um, I, I don't know how I would have done it without that. So um, that, that's a big thing. Family's really big. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like just, trying new things. Um, mm-hmm. We went to the rodeo last weekend, which oh, was yeah. super That's a lot fun. Of fun. Yeah. Um, any kind of event. My husband's a huge baseball fan. Well, my husband's a huge sports fan. Okay, good. So he actually, here, we can talk about this. Okay, good. Um, he, he's been following you on Twitter. Oh. And he wants your thoughts on kind of Andy Green and where you think the Padres are going. Oh, no. and, and what are what are you seeing? Because he, he said he's a baseball guy. Ask him about this. Okay. Well, who's so, interviewing so we go, who? We go to, we go to a lot of Padres games. Okay, good. Um, no, but I'll, I'll share with you. I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> I like Andy Green. 
Okay. Okay. I think he's a good guy, but mm-hmm. he's he's dealing with you know a bunch of like minor league talent, young talent, and the the building blocks that they're assembling for the organization. They're right. still underneath the surface. They're yeah. still a ball, double a ball. There's a few good pieces coming up. So a lot of ways he's he's being he's managing with one arm tied behind his back. Okay. And there are people that are criticizing him for his managerial style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, he's getting a lot of heat lately. It seems. But you can always second guess a manager like, oh, you shouldn't have done that double switch or Monday morning quarterback and all that stuff. Yeah. But but a lot of times he's making decisions, not always to win the game. He's making decisions to get certain players opportunities to pitch Mm. in big situations because he knows that in a year or two, that'll become valuable. So they need that experience. Yeah. And, And other times, you know, he's dealing with guys that are all of sort of like a similar skill level. Mm hmm. So he kind of rotates them in, mm-hmm. so, in a somewhat equitable fashion. Yeah, my husband was talking about it a little bit. Like, you don't always know where Will Myers is going to play. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. He, you know, it's like he's playing third base and he's third base, first well, base and all that. So I'm not, I'm more of a football fan. Mm-hmm. So I don't get as into the the Padres talk with him. But um, he he's definitely, I think what's hard is people get impatient when you say like you're rebuilding. Oh, yeah. It's like, well, that should only take a year. That should no, only take two no, years. And, no. and sometimes it's a lot a lot longer of a, a process, and you have to have that. Well, it's like the Outpost um, Project, right? Right, that so, forward thinking. Yeah. So they had, the Padres <laughs> literally had to, like, yank out the old buildings, mm-hmm. and, and they built the underground garage when, when A.J. Preller right. so did his big so we're not even at ground level yet. We're starting to see a little bit of the infrastructure pop okay. up a little. Okay. But it's the same deal. That's my yeah. opinion. Um, oh, that's a good analogy. I like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're a, a football fan. Are you a bitter Chargers fan? <sighs> I I am a, a fan without a team right now. It's it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is a hardcore Saints fan. He huh. he actually saw the the issues with the Charger management and and ownership way back when they let Drew Brees go. Oh yeah, yeah. And he said, "All right, I'm done with them. I'm following Drew Brees." Yeah, and smart so move. He, yeah. So he went with him to New Orleans. Um, and, and that's that's his his team. He's a diehard Drew Brees fan. And I I I still am a diehard Philip Rivers fan. He's and a good guy. I, yeah. I grew up watching the Chargers with my dad. My, mm-hmm. I'm a fourth generation San Diegan team or San Diegan family. Um, and so, you know, my dad watched it when they came to San Diego. That was a big thing. And so he'd always been a Charger fan. And now we're both kind of like swimming around trying to figure (laughs) out what we're going to do. And it's really hard for me because I like watching football when I'm invested. Yeah. It's a lot more fun for me anyway. I mean, my my husband just loves the game and he loves good plays and all of that stuff. So he'll watch any team. He'll always kind of figure out what what you should be watching for and, and all of that. But I like watching my team. I like having that allegiance. So I, I'm on the market. I'm, I'm a fan <laughs> up for grabs. <laughs> Maybe you need a fantasy team. You I know. I, know. So, I tried that one year um, because my husband, again, huge football guy. So I think this year he has three fantasy teams. Really? Maybe. Wow. 
It's a lot of work. It's a ton. Oh my I gosh. cannot keep up. <laughs> I mean, I he had to remind me every week to set my lineup, and then he'd be like, "Well, no, you can't play that person because they're injured, or or no, they're playing against this team, and so you know, you know, you have a, a receiver going against your defense, or yeah, I, you yeah, know, I don't yeah. even know what he'd the, look at the matchups, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so he's like, you have to also look at who they're playing every yeah. week and yeah. all of that stuff. And so I threw in the the towel after that season and said, "This isn't for me. I like just <laughs> one team. Yeah. Get to know those." Players players be all about it um so i i actually i was really into there was a a quarterback for asu and i was really into him uh wow and i thought he was so my husband went to asu okay so he's a big asu fans we were watching asu games and so i thought oh if he goes to the nfl i'll go there yeah. That'll become my team. Like right. I, I latched on to something like that. Well, first you got picked up by the Chargers. Oh, no. So <laughs> That's I mean, the curse of death right okay, there. Okay, <laughs> really? Um, and then I think they ended up releasing him, and, and he's kind of mm-hmm. just floating around. So I, I thought I would find a team, and I just don't, I don't know what to do about it. I'm really if, if anyone has any any input or wants to sell their team to me, <laughs> I'm open. I'm I'm willing to hear it. Well, my my son um, is is uh, 18 years old, and so okay. he, he uh, made the switch to the Cardinals. Oh, so he, he okay. roots for Arizona. That was that was a lot of people did that. Yeah, a lot of people did that. And, and you know, I'm I'm a native San Franciscan. Okay. So I'm going back to the Niners and Raiders, but. I admit my interest in the NFL has been declining, you know, and it's hard. I, and I'm now getting more interested in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, my my school we didn't have a football team, so mine, mine too. Well, yeah, you, yeah. Well, US, USD has a good team, but it's not like at the highest level. It's not, and the the we have a team. We don't really have the interest from the school. Huh. So, like yeah. when I was in college. We went to the basketball games. USD is oh, a really yeah. great basketball yeah, yeah. school. Um, so we went to the basketball games, but like nobody really went to the football games. So that that whole experience, I feel like I might kind of push my daughter to go to more of like a football school because yeah. that's one thing I felt was lacking from my experiences. I think it would have been so fun to go to a school where Saturday you did football, you went oh, yeah. tailgated, you went oh, to the yeah. game, you sat in the student section, all that stuff. Um, watching it on TV, it just looks like so fun to oh, be you know, 20 and, and yeah. do all of that. Yeah. So, I probably encourage her a little bit to to look at those kinds of schools, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's very different when you go to a school that doesn't really have that atmosphere. No, no. so that that makes a big difference. But I, I got to tell you my Drew Brees story. So okay, so um, there's a when my children were really little, mm-hmm. um, we they used to go to this. Uh, it was like a pre-K place. It was called Teddy Bear Treehouse, and it's got a new name now. But it's that's so cute. It's like right up. I know it's a neat name, isn't it? But it's you know where the Target Center is. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like above that. Like oh okay. And there's like a yeah. it's a like a preschool there, and so um, it was one night we went and it was uh, um, they had their Christmas recital, and mm. it was I think it was like in a church somewhere. It's not a re- it wasn't a religious school, but they had the recital in the church, and the little kids are up on stage singing. And I look down the aisle, and there's Drew Brees. And, and I'm like telling my wife, I go, look, over there is a gr- it's Drew Brees. And I, it turned out that I guess one of the other Chargers had a child that was in there. Oh, yeah. And, and so, we, I mean, we've always been home to a lot of Chargers here in Poway. Yeah. So Drew Brees was there. And then the f- other funny, funny story that we had is um, 
Uh, we were there for, it was like a fall, like um, Halloween time. And the oh, parents yeah. came in at night and, and we were sitting at the little chairs and the little tables and we were cutting out like orange and black Halloween uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. And I told my wife, go look over there. That's Brian Giles. And he used to be the right oh fielder gosh, for the Padres. Yeah. yeah. And, and she said, Brian Giles. He goes, He's he's not that tall. He's an he's a professional athlete, and I go well, yeah, you know. And look <laughs> They're at him. smaller in person, right? Yeah, yeah. I think because he's he's well under six feet. I think he's probably about five ten, and so um, she didn't believe me. Oh, that's funny. And, and I of said, anybody who would know, she didn't just know no, no, that but, you would. But she's always like, yeah. Oh, you're just making this up. Or so I go, no. We'll go. You don't believe me? I go. Look at his wife. And she looked at the wife and said, okay, that's a professional baseball player. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. <laughs> it was a that's funny story. Great. So, um, How funny. But it, 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 here in Poway, I mean, you're, you don't know who you're going to run into. I, I mean, know. I mean, there's all these professional athletes, um, baseball, football, basketball. I mean, yeah, unbelievable. It's it's the place to be. Well, why wouldn't you want to move here? What a great place you know, to live, isn't it? It is. So they're, they're moving here for the same reasons that most people are. I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. I talk to people that... You know, I get a lot, Poway people, you, you move here and you stay here. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I talk to a lot of people that's, you know, I moved here in the seventies. I moved here in the eighties and I always ask them, why did you move here? What, what brought you here? And nine times out of 10, it's almost identical to the reasons that brought me here. It's pretty crazy that, that we've been able to maintain that and, and keep people here for those, those reasons that it's where you want to raise your family. It's where you want to send your kids to school. It, it has that small oh, town yeah. feel, all those things. And, and, you know, to go back to kind of why I'm doing it is, is, is that reason. Right. As I, as I want mm-hmm. to stay here. I always tell those people, I want to be you. In 30 <laughs> years, I want to be telling someone, I moved here way yeah, back yeah, when, yeah. and right. this is how it was, yeah. and all of that, because it it's so important that we have kind of that continued vision and that continued leadership mm-hmm. that, that keeps us on the right path and, and understands why people want to live here. Yeah. And so things like keeping it safe, yeah. keeping it family friendly. Mm-hmm. Nice roads. You can never complain about the roads yeah. in Poway. You yeah. know, those things that just, they're they're uniquely Poway. Mm-hmm. The and rodeo. The rodeo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Old Poway Park and the train. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So special. I mean, just things like that that really, we we kind of are our own little bubble over here. and But in a good way. In right? a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like our own little paradise. It is. But I was telling that to my children all the time because then, you know, they're living in Poway and they're surrounded by a lot of other kids that in some cases come from very wealthy families and drive really nice cars. Like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell my kids, I go, you live in a bubble, you live in Disneyland. Um, And uh, it's wonderful when you're growing up, but then when they move out and go to college and they get a little bit more of a reality check, you know? Yeah. Did you find it hard to kind of keep your kids humble with some of that stuff? And, and not to like reverse the interview on you, but um, I grew up in a similar city where Encinitas, there were a lot of kids with a lot of money yeah. and, and getting, you know, brand new Beamers when they turned 16. <laughs> oh and, and yeah. I, you know, my, my parents were public servants. They, oh, yeah, they yeah. weren't getting rich off anything. Right. So it, that wasn't what I got at 16. I was lucky to have, you know, a hand-me-down car to get to school and take my sister. And, um, I think it was good for me because yes. it really made me yes. appreciate that yes. and understand everything that my parents were able to provide for us mm-hmm. and that they were around. Yeah. That, you know, I had friends whose parents had to travel a lot for work yeah. or, yeah. you know, and so I think there are always sacrifices that go along with some of that stuff. And so it was really nice that 
I, you know, my family was just always really tight and um, set really good examples for that. But it it kind of makes you a little more appreciative because I saw kids with these brand new cars and oh. they, they didn't even realize what they had or yeah, how lucky they, they were. They don't or understand. Things yeah. like that. So I, I see the, the same kind of challenges maybe with raising kids in Poway is that there's going to be some differences and opportunities and homes and all of that. But this is the um, things you learn as a parent, you know, and yeah. as a parent, we don't know everything. We kind of learn as we go. We get good input from There's our no parents. Book. They there don't give no you book. a book when you have yeah. a kid. <laughs> no, no manual. The, 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 the book is in your mom's head, right? It's what your oh mother tells gosh, you right? and what your father tells you. And so, um, you know, we learned as we went and, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, our children always drove the hand-me-down car mm-hmm. and, you know, and, uh, you know, we, it, it's, 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 it's an interesting dynamic here in Poway because, I don't know. I always joke about the culture of Poway, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it's politely and friendly competitive as well. Okay? okay, and you'll notice that when your children play sports. I was going to say the uh, the youth sports. That's a world yeah. we haven't yet entered, yeah. but I can only imagine. So you'll see, you know, that there even amongst the parents, there's like a it's 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 subtle, but it's mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just what it's unique about our town. Yeah. Um, but you're you're gonna you're gonna love it. As you're you're gonna you're loving it now. Oh yeah. You're gonna love it. Oh yeah. Next month, you're gonna love it in two years. You're gonna love it in eight years. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It, it, the whole thing is great, and this is a fantastic place to raise your child, and and maybe more. Who knows, right? Hopefully, I mean that's the plan. Yeah. We we uh, both my husband and I we both have siblings, and so I think that that's kind of we, I always envision having kind of a larger family. Yeah. And, all of that, and um, especially if I'm able to have the opportunity to spend more time at home and, and yeah. be with my kids, um, that's that's kind of the my selfish interest in being on council is that I'd be able to to balance that a little more. Well, if your husband's an attorney, I think the the numbers probably work out pretty well, well that way. You know, he's an attorney, but he works for the state of California. So oh, okay, so he's a humble attorney. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. He does. Uh, he's a hearing officer with the labor commissioner's office, so mm-hmm. he does. Um, he settles issues between. Well, n- now he decides issues, um, kind of like a quasi judge role. Okay, um, where you know an employer and employee aren't able to come to terms and kind of settle whatever differences they have about breaks or pay or vacation or whatever it was that that they feel, you know, the employer feels they have or the employee feels they haven't gotten what they were owed or what they yeah. worked for. Yeah. Um, you know, you have an opportunity to settle. Yeah. And then if you can't do that, you actually go to a hearing. Yeah. And my husband kind of presides over that. It's like and, an arbitration of some kind. Yeah. yeah. So he hears both mm-hmm. sides and kind of decides what he thinks is correct or what actually happened and, and issues these judgments or I'm sure that he's going to yell at me that I'm not calling them the right things, but, um, these decisions yeah. that, that kind of, you know, resolve those issues. So that's great. He's, he's trained as an attorney, he's licensed, um, but he's, he's doing kind of more of a, a administrative judge. Yeah. Role. That's important. But yeah. there you go. There's more public service, right? So I know. Yeah. So your children are destined. Oh, <laughs> we already know generally know, what career path they're going to go down. I'm joking. Um, Again, we'll switch uh, switch gears again a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, Lately, there's been some fireworks at the city council meetings, you know, and I saw some of the videotape and, and I, you know, there's a, you know, a a vocal group, you know, that's battling Mm -hmm. with a lot of the members on Mm -hmm. the council. And I know that one of the hot buttons for them had to do 
not with you personally, but, mm-hmm. but with the whole appointment process mm-hmm. that went on. And I'm just wondering if, what your thoughts are about you know, your new role in the context of some of the feelings that some people have about the process. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot that the feelings are about the process and not about me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's hard not to always take some of that stuff personally. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. There, there's been, you know, some statements that, you know, I feel like are more about me. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that that I, I wish that there would have been more of an openness to get to know me first and figure out what I'm about, what experience I have, what I bring to the table. Um, and, and I think people got so upset about what they felt the, the process did wrong that they couldn't do that. Mm. And and mm-hmm. so that that was hard because I, you know, I don't I'm not trying to I don't have these ulterior motives. I don't have um, really goals beyond being able to, to serve the city I live in and, and yeah, yeah. want to raise my family in. And so um, I just want people to take the opportunity to get to know me a little bit better and, and then maybe decide um, that yes, we align and, and they think that I, you know, represent their values and beliefs well, or that we don't. And if we disagree, we disagree, but then it's at least about me and, and what I'm doing and not so much about something that really was beyond anything I had control over, which was the process. Right. Um, right. and so I'm, that's kind of what I've been working on is just getting out there, getting in front of as many people as I can and sharing what I'm about, what I believe in, why I want to do this. Um, and in all honesty, for the most part, I get pretty good reactions. I mean, people kind of, um, luckily, I think there is a, a feeling in Poway that people like to think for themselves. <laughs> right. And yeah. uh, so they that's do. that's been great because it, it allows me that opportunity to say, okay, well, then let's talk. Like, share with me what, what's going on, what you're upset about. Let me tell you kind of what I think. And, you know, at least we can both leave the meeting knowing that we we tried. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing for me is, is let's you know, at least for this brief period during, you know, while I'm an appointed council member, give me a chance. Yeah. You know, let's, let's not, you know, jump to conclusions or make assumptions. Well, this is actually the timing is interesting because well, you were appointed in June, was Mm -hmm, it? mm -hmm. So, you know, roughly speaking, that's like four, maybe four and a half months that people are getting to really know you. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, the voters are going to choose anyways. Right. 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 You know, And, and, I completely respect people's feelings about the process. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the ballot has been set and you have the options that you have to represent you for the next two years. So hopefully we can kind of start to move on from that and talk about, okay, who do we want representing us? Mm-hmm. What do we think is important and who's really listening to us and, and, and um, you know, what's resonating? Yeah. And that's, that's just what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You just got to go out to your point, build relationships, yep. right? Meet yep. people, get them, let them, give them a chance to get to know you. And then people will judge how they choose, you know, and then right. they'll show up at the ballot right. box, right? Yeah. I would just love for people to be basing their opinions more on facts about me and, and what I'm doing and what I say versus what they think is going on or what they are upset about that was beyond my control. And yeah. really, you know, outside the, you know, the council followed the government code. They did what they decided to do. And I simply saw an opportunity to, to serve the city I live in. And yeah. that was really my motivation. Good for you. That, that, so. Nothing wrong with that. Um, here, here's another interesting question. So when, you know, when, when you go and you talk to your old friends from college, mm-hmm. okay, or you, maybe mm-hmm. you go back to your mom and you're, 
you know, you're new in Poway and like, what are some of the things that you say, oh my gosh, I, you wouldn't believe that Poway does this. Um, in a good way, it's prop FF. Um, that's one of the things that I really, you don't see in most cities. Mm-hmm. I, I can't think of another city that has a similar process. Mm-hmm. And it's really fascinating because, especially having worked at the County Board of Supervisors, one of their biggest roles is making land use decisions. We saw mm-hmm. a lot of those decisions this summer. And that, um, you know, is I, I, my boss would definitely say that's probably his number one job is making those decisions and, and planning the land use. And so the fact that that duty is really put in the hands of voters when it comes to, you know, upzoning these designated properties, it's really interesting because it ensures that the council can never really lose touch of what's important because they aren't the ones making those decisions. It's the voters. Mm-hmm. So even if you have... A, you know, a disagreement with someone on the council about maybe the future of Poway or what density should look like or things like that. At the very least, you know that there are all of these properties that are protected by that process. Right. And I think that that's a really powerful voice that it gives to Poway residents yeah. because it means that that those things have to really be thoroughly vetted. Mm-hmm. They aren't just going to go, you know, before the council for a couple meetings and then happen. Right. I mean, we saw with in 2018 kind of that process where they probably went wrong yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. didn't really involve the community in the right way or yeah. weren't really upfront and honest about it. And so that who knows how that would have gone if that project was something that had to go before a council instead. I mean, I mm-hmm. can't I can't say what that would have looked like, but um, I think it really adds an interesting element to the future of Poway and where we go because it it means that there's certain things about us that will never change because the people of Poway value their open space. They value mm-hmm. continuing to maintain that city in the country mm-hmm. vibe. And we're and the the proposition allows us to do that. And right. it doesn't mean that that you can get a bunch of change all at once that really doesn't fit with the city. Right. So I, I think it's a really um, interesting and and it was a very far reaching and, and forward thinking idea to have implemented that. Yeah. I mean, you look at our founders, you know, and, you know, like Bruce Tarzi and mm-hmm. Bob Emery, these, these gentlemen, mm-hmm. you know, when they started the city, they, they had, a, you know, something in mind. Mm-hmm. They basically wanted to sort of implant the DNA, right? Right. You know, to right. kind of they create really... this, this species of a city, mm-hmm. you know, that and would get have away a... from, you know, what the county was thinking. And really, because it was, I think that Poway was becoming more and more of its own unique community and not necessarily just an unincorporated area of right. the county. And right. so to, to incorporate the way they did and really say, you know, this is what's important to us here and we want to make sure that that's valued and that's protected and that it continues. Um, you know, I just think that's a really unique history mm-hmm. for our city to, mm-hmm. to have that. Yeah, it is. It's very special. And, um, you know, in a lot of ways it, it sort of you know, ties our hands on things, but many would say for good reasons, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. I think so, because it really is, is harder for, for outside interests to have that influence because yeah. to, to get, you know, a whole city on your side 
is, is a big undertaking. Yeah. And to, to bring forward a project that's going to be successful, it has to reflect the community. It has to respect the city and its character, where we've come from, um, while still really offering something that's going to benefit the city. Yeah. And that that's a huge thing, too, is they don't just get to come in and say, well, we want to make money, so we're going to, you know, build it. <laughs> yeah. they, they, there has to be community benefits associated with it. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I, I think sometimes people don't always know that that's a part of the process is yeah. what are, you know, are you going to offer trails or public access or community benefits beyond, mm-hmm. you know, commercial type benefits mm-hmm. or even beyond just housing? Right. If for the most part, other things come along with it that that benefit the city as a whole and not just the people that live there. Well, so. it's like the open plaza idea that we talked right, about, right? Right. Where yeah. you don't have to go and be, you know, a patron of the businesses to enjoy the the atmosphere. Right. And that's, I think, a really nice element of that, that it does become this public benefit and this public resource um, and not just a place to shop or eat or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is a special part of the city. I enjoy, I agree with you. I like that. Yeah. What else have we not covered that you think is important for me to know huh. about you or voters to know about you that we haven't talked about? I don't know. This has been a pretty... We've covered a lot. Yeah, we, we have. We've touched this has on been a lot fun. Of, yeah, I enjoy this. We've touched on a lot of topics. Um, well, I asked, I asked you my Padres question for my husband. <laughs> Does so your Padre can, not like Gandy Green? Uh, he's, I think he's concerned about, you know, are we really making progress? Is it really, you know, does he really have the plan in place or is it just, you know, excuses kind of thing? But I think if, if you're looking at it from what your perspective is, is that like, it's a much slower, you know, we really were starting down here and building up that, well, that makes a little more sense. Here's so. a nugget you can share with him. Okay. Andy Green finally got through to Hunter Renfro to not chase balls out of the zone. And he's a lot more selective. <laughs> I don't even know what that Yeah, he's means. a lot more selective and he's had great results these last couple of months. Does that mean he was, by chasing balls, you mean swinging at pitches? He was swinging at balls that weren't strikes. Okay. And he was flailing and swinging and missing. Instead of just waiting. And now he's very selective. He goes, oh. I don't want that pitch. Oh. Because he used, he used to be just, you know, a slugger. I'm going to hit everything okay. out of the park. Okay. And now he's more selective and he takes walks. Oh. And um, he's still productive with a walk. Hmm. But then when that ball is where he wants it, he rips it. And he's been terrific the last two, two and a half months. Okay. But Andy Green has been hammering him for over a year to switch his approach. And it took it that long. Yeah. And he, he wouldn't listen. And now he finally listened. Okay. So, you know. That, that's a, a, a solid example. Yeah, yeah. I think he likes Andy Green. I don't think it's, a, and it's an issue of, you know, that he's not good at what he does or anything like that. I think he, you just want to know it's going to happen. Yeah, well, people are frustrated. You know, yeah. I always joke about the San Diego sports curse. I mean, we, oh. we don't win anything here. I know. That's why I need to find. I mean, it's yeah. just as well that they left because I need to find a team that's going to win. Yeah. We, I mean, it's heartbreaking. And, 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 and hopefully not a bandwagon team. You know, like a team that I you're know, loyal to and you stick with and they're going to yes, win. And then they do it. But yeah. it's just, we just keep getting, you know, knocked down. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hopeful that the Padres have done the right thing since they hired okay. Preller. Because okay. they made all, I mean, they spent huge money um, on the fu- last year where there was unlimited spending on the international draft. And so oh, that's how they restocked okay. their farm. Okay. They went out and, you know, essentially, you know, bought these players from the Dominican Republic and from Venezuela. So we're hopeful. Hmm. I know I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. No, Sorry. no, he'll, he'll appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so what, and what else do we need to know about you? 
Well, I mean, I'm pretty friendly. So honestly, yeah. I mean, I I would love for people if you just if you see me out and about, like come and say hi. Come yeah. and let's talk. I What grocery store do you um, go to? Um I like the Stater Brothers on Poway Road. Okay. Um in the the Creekside Plaza one? Yes. Okay. Yes. So right so by the movie I theater. Go, yes. So I go to that grocery store. Uh-huh. Um, we like, we go to Brewski's, we go to the Hamburger Factory, we go to, we go to Old Poway Park pretty regularly. Uh-huh. Um, What's your favorite Starbucks? If we, maybe we'll see you at a Starbucks. Well, I always go to the one, um, it's right on the edge of Poway, the drive through one on uh, Palmerado and Scripps Poway Parkway, because okay. that's on my way to work. Okay. Um, but I also love the coffee bean. Okay. Um, King's Craft is also really good, which okay. is kind of on the other side of town. But so these are the places um, we might run into you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's it's I would even just like send me a text or shoot me a Facebook message or anything. I'd love to meet more moms. Um, oh yeah. And kind of build my my mom village. Oh yeah, well, you'll, um, you'll need that. I, I yeah. definitely you'll definitely see me at you know like story hour at, at the library nice. and things like that. Um, and just really you know we're we're becoming a part of the community and I'm I'm looking into uh, joining the I went to the Seroptimist. Oh good, club, that's a good Which group. like fantastic women, fantastic yeah. mission. I'd worked um, I worked a little bit with the Seroptimist of Vista, I believe which is um, a pretty big kind of well-run um, group. And they peripherally had some interaction like with our office and some grant funding and some projects they were partnering with. And I always thought, you know, how how fantastic to be a part of women serving women. Yeah, 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 that's huge. Um, I was in a sorority in college as huh, well. And nice. so um, there, there are a lot of elements of Seroptimus that, um, you know, they have some Greek roots and... Hmm the sisterhood and, Mm -hmm. you know, that it is all women and that their primary mission is helping other women. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm really excited about that because I, I left the meeting feeling really inspired and, um, kind of hopeful that this might be a group that will really, um, kind of fill that that part of my life that's been lacking as far as having that philanthropy yeah, that's important. and those those service opportunities. Um, and so that, I'm really excited about that. Um, we love the farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Always really good. Love crepes. Um, and yeah, Mission Cellars, have you been there? No. Um, it's like the wine bar in Old Poway Village. No, I haven't visited that. Really good. Um, we've we've gone there a couple times. It's nice. You can kind of like take the baby and do a walk around Old Poway mm-hmm. Park and spend a little time there and then go over and have a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're just we're just kind of we we're pretty normal family. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we we do have because we have a young baby. We're not out at night that much. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. But that's why like, I'd love to, we're trying to make like a Poway High football game. And because um, my husband loves even, you know, high school football. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure when our kids are in sports, he'll want to coach and oh, yeah. be a part of that. So we're just, we're all over the place. We just, I have a friend that their son plays in the flag football league that plays at Meadowbrook oh, good. on Friday nights. It's like yeah. literally like mini Friday night lights. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, so we went and watched some of their games yeah. and super fun. Like the kids just running around and all the parents hanging out. So we're just, we're all over the place. And please, if you see me, say hi. Yeah. If you want to grab a cup of coffee, I always say, you know, I have my baby, so I'll be drinking coffee anyways. You might as well drink it with me. <laughs> right, right. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm, I'm, uh, 
really loving being here. And that's, that's me. <laughs> well, I've enjoyed this discussion. I, I, Thank you. I think I've really gotten a chance to know you. And, you know, you're my representative, right? You're an open right I, now. Yeah, the whole city. Yeah, the whole city. The whole city. And, and if, if you're fortunate enough to be reelected, you'll still be my representative. I will for it, at least another two years. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So um, it's been a pleasure. Um, Thank you. Thank Kay- you for having me. Kaylin Frank. A, our sitting uh, Poway council person running for re-election yeah. in about a, what do you say, four and a half weeks? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so it's coming up it's soon. It's coming. So I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. And, uh, and, and welcome to Poway. Thank you so much. All right.